Okay. Uh, let's go. So, welcome back. Judge Buds, episode 16. Possibly more, possibly less. I have no idea. Uh, little bit of a change coming. Last minute change. Uh, for everyone that said I couldn't keep this under an hour, suck it, because it's going to be. Um, today, we're going to have to do a little bit different. I think I've done it before, but we're going to do a little two-parter. This is going to come out tomorrow, a.k.a. Tuesday, a.k.a. today, I guess, because you're probably listening to it Tuesday. Uh, and this is just going to be questions. We're just going to do the mailbag. Uh, I got a couple good ones. I should be able to spend some time on those. Uh, I had a last-minute change in my schedule. I was running around a bit, so I don't have enough time to do a whole fucking episode. Um, so I'll do, like, a second part either tomorrow or the day after, and it'll probably come out Thursday. Um, it actually kind of works out well because I barely have a voice, apparently. I found that out today. Uh, I got after it all day Saturday, and uh, the throat's paying for it. Tested negative for COVID, undefeated. Let's go. Um, so we're good there. Um, I just put in an put on an absolute clinic. So it is Monday. It is late. Uh, the Wild just absolutely dick stomped Montreal uh, in every every way possible. Um, but I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that. Actually, I'm not really going to talk about that. I'll I'll I will on part two. Um, but Connor Dewar, thank you. Keep the change. Told you he was NHL ready. Um, I had him pegged in the lineup for next season, but I mean, I don't know how you take him out now at this point between how well he's played, how well he plays with Sturm and how well he plays with Duhame. It looks like even when healthy, Bukestad still might be the odd man out. Uh, unfortunately, his goal was sick tonight. An absolute grip it and rip it, no look, bomb. Uh, from the parking lot too, if you want to be a dick, you could say that the goalie should have saved it, but I think it was an absolute rock star tuck. Uh, Matt Boldy still doing his thing. Him and Kevin Fiala are unbelievable together. His goal was nasty today. Uh, he's been good every single game, even when he's not scoring. Uh, he's a good two way player. Again, he, he's a, he's a winger that plays like a center. He can pass. Uh, the puck is like glued to his stick. He has that great shot that we saw on the power play there, and he's he's made the power play good again. So good for him. He's still doing his thing. Brandon Duhame's hilarious. Uh, he's running around like an absolute psychopath. So he's fun. He's just he's the best. I love that guy. Um, but I'll, I'll do more of a deeper dive uh, for the second part. For now, let's just do questions, all right? Okay? And if you don't like it, well, I, I don't blame you. Um, you shouldn't because uh, I mean, I'm an idiot, but that's just what's going to have to happen today. Okay. We're just going to, we're going to deal with it. And you get, you get to listen to my dog shit voice uh, twice this week. So you're welcome. And I'm sorry. Okay. So let's start questions. Uh, question one comes from AJ Fredrickson at AJ underscore Fredrickson in all caps. Do dudes rock. Next question. Yes. Thank you. Keep the change. Uh, next question. Kirill Kaprizov supremacy. Parentheses 24, 10, and 3, aka at wild, wild, wild 97. That there, that is that's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of characters to have in your name and your and your handle. Uh is Matt Bully the greatest hockey player of all time? 
Many are saying this, and they are right. Yes, he is. Three. <laughs> so two, two good ones right off the top. Uh, cleanup King at Cleanup King one. Number one, Duhame rocks, man. I fuck with his energy. Not a question, but thank you for adding that. I, I agree. Love that guy. Two, how long before we see Rossi again slash how he's how is he doing down there? He's been fantastic. Uh, I have a feeling he knew that he'd get a couple games and then he'd be back down. I think he most likely stays down there uh, for a combination of reasons. Number one, you got to remember this is basically his draft plus one year. Again, like I mean, I feel like I say this every time. I know everyone wants to see him. We've had a taste of seeing what the kids can do now between Dewar, Duhame, um, you know, Kaprizov's second year, uh, Dewar now. Did I say do or twice? I meant Boldy. Um, so now everyone wants the other shiny toy that we have in Iowa, Marco Rossi and obviously Adam Beckman and Kalen Addison at this point as well. Um, but, you know, I do. I said this before. I think Marco Rossi, is he good enough to play in the NHL right now? Yes. Is it in a role that would allow him to be the Marco Rossi that Minnesota wants to have when he is a full-time NHLer? No, I don't think so. I think he can still work on a few things in Iowa. I think he can go down there. He can be the go-to guy, even if he was up here, even if he was in that second-line center role. Let's say he was with Fiala and Boldy. Could it be really good? Sure. But I don't think he's going to be your go-to guy, especially when the Nico Sturms and the Freddie Goudreau's and the Yola Erickson X and the Ryan Hartman's. I don't think, you know, when they're going and they're healthy, I just don't see him being like a go-to guy and he's a center. He ain't a winger. So there's no real reason to have him up here, you know, throw him cause he's a good, he's a very good defensive center. So there's no reason to just have him go kill penalties and play nine minutes a game. Um, when you can let him be the go-to guy in Iowa, do exactly what he's doing right now. Uh, He's at at a point-per-game pace. He's on that first power play unit. He's on the first penalty kill. Um, And he just looks really good. Like, I mean, I think he's top five in points per game for rookies. Um, You know, it's interesting. Obviously, like, people ask me, too, like, why is Iowa not dominating like they should be? And I think there's a a lot of reasons. Number one, they've lost a ton of guys just from guys playing their way up into Minnesota and COVID hasn't helped. They've had a lot of injuries, so they really haven't had consistent lines for more, literally for more than three games in a row. Um, and I think a big, another big part that I've kind of realized over the last week or two is, you know, you look at the defense and I think they've been admiral. They've performed well enough, but they don't really have a ton of puck movers down there and they don't have a ton of good offensive facilitators from that back end like right now their best is like turner on bright which i mean i love the guy he's been a really nice pleasant surprise he's a big boy he's tough he's physical but he's not a puck moving uh rush off the rush offensive defenseman so it's kind of tough when the forwards at this point are having to do a lot of that work they're kind of having to go get the puck all the way deep in their own zone and then kind of break up the ice on their own a lot of the times you know mermis has been good on and off uh addison's been up here he's been down there he's been up here he's been down there so that hasn't been uh there hasn't been a ton of you know addison hasn't just hasn't been there consistently right so um and yet through all that marco rossi still had a point per game a year after missing a whole season of hockey so he's been excellent i don't know if we see him 
a whole lot. I think if anything, you're looking at, you know, we know Bill Guerin believes in this team as he should, because they are a very, very good hockey team. I think they're a piece away from being a legit contender. And that piece is probably a second line center. So if anything, I, I would imagine that you'd probably see some kind of trade at this point. I don't know if Kevin Fiala is in that trade because how good has he been with Matt Boldy? Again, Matt Boldy plays like a center, right? So, you know, they can feed off each other probably regardless who that center is. And Freddie Goudreau has been good on a lot of nights there. He's been okay. If you're a cup contender, I don't think he's your second-line center with Boldy or uh, Boldy and Fiala. So, if anything, I would imagine that you see some kind of trade, whether it's a rental, most likely a rental, um, to fill in that second line role. And then you've got an absolute wagon. So I think he probably stays in Iowa and I think that's fine. I think it's good. Um, you know, he's good. He's going to be able to play 20 to 25 minutes a night, be the go-to guy, probably the best player. Oh, definitely the best player on that team. Um, and that's only going to help him. Remember, he's, he's still got to work on it. He still needs to get a little bit stronger. Uh, he still needs to work on that skating a little bit. I think, that kind of came up somewhat. It's not like it's a thing that's going to keep him out of the league, but I do think he can get stronger on his feet, uh, you know, improve on that skating a little bit. And, um, you know, I think he's going to come in the league next year and be ready to rock. So that's where I would probably leave Rossi. Let him cook in, uh, let him cook down in, in uh, uh, Iowa. Let him be the guy. Okay. It's all good. It doesn't hurt him, right? You can hurt a player's development by calling them up too early, which is what we saw in Minnesota for the longest time. They were either getting rid of their draft picks or they're calling them up too early, and then when they didn't pan out, they get rid of them, right? So now that we have this deep-ass pool, now that we have all these blue-chip prospects, and you have a really good team, like I said before, you're in that sweet spot in terms of being a competitive team, being somewhat close or being very close to being a Stanley Cup contender and having one of the best prospect pools in the league. So, you know, you want to win. It's been, you know, years of torture somewhat as wild fans, but just because now you're here and you have all these, these shiny toys, you don't want to just get rid of them because you want to go in a cup right now. But all that said, you can't hurt the kid by letting him go play a full season in Iowa, full season, first full season of, of pro hockey. Um, and really let him hit next season full stride. So that's what I would do with Marco Rossi, and that's what I'd imagine they, they probably want to do, right? Okay, moving on. I hope that answered your question. The Riddler at MN Wild Talk. Really nice, short, concise handle, by the way, Bugs. Uh, what would you do with Kalen Addison if you were in Garen's shoes? Send him back down to Iowa or keep him here and rotate him in. P.S. Dudes rock. Yes, they do. Thank you. Um, so this has become such a hot-button topic now because it looks like they're choosing to play Jordy Ben over Kalen Addison. And I understand why it pisses everyone off again it's another young kid he's obviously nhl ready i thought the last couple of games that he played here he was excellent he had his first multi-point game um and he's just he's fit in but you know i also don't understand this like complete disdain well okay i kind of get it but like this thing that with jordy ben like don't take this out on him for the love of god 
if you're mad, if you're gonna be mad about it, you can be mad at whoever, Billy G, or you can be mad at Dino. Like, but you kind of have to take you know, step outside of how bad we want Addison to be here. Cause again, he is ready. Of course he's good enough to play, but just listen to what Dean Evison said about it. Right. Like with Spurgeon back and healthy, what is Addison's role? He's not on that power play, right? He's not going to be out there killing penalties. He still has to get a little bit better defensively for me. Um, it's not that he's like a bad defensive player. I think he's just, little bit inconsistent and he can go keep playing pro hockey and log big minutes and again play 20 minutes a night in iowa and by the way that's what i would do i'd have him in iowa obviously he got reassigned today so he's not just going to taxi squad and rotate it in but you know with spurgeon back you have that right shot d he's going to be playing you know whatever 22 23 24 25 minutes a night you have dumba there who can be on that second power play unit whether they really want to put him there or not Brodeen's coming back at some point. So there's no special teams and Goligoski's healthy again. So you really don't have anywhere on the power play for Kalen Addison to play. And the thing with Jordy Ben is you can give him those dog shit hard minutes, those PK minutes, those defensive zone uh, face-off minutes, right? And then you get to free up all those guys that you can rely on to put up a lot of points. And now they can really just go focus on that a lot more than they would have to uh, worry about really just kind of grinding out those defensive minutes. So I also don't really have a problem with Jordy Ben playing over Addison right now, especially if it's, you know, you give me the choice of having Addison here for 12 minutes a night or sitting in the press box or the option two is go down to Iowa, play 25 minutes a night, go kill penalties, go quarterback that first power play unit. Um, Go be that guy that I need. If I'm going to keep watching Iowa, I need a puck mover on the back end there. I just do. I need it so bad. Um, go do that. And again, like as injuries happen, we'll see what happens. You know, it's you got a couple older guys back there. You got a couple guys in Minnesota who have history, injury history. Like, so if you can keep calling them up when you need them, yeah, do that. I mean, the kid, again, like we said, the, the kid's good enough to play in the NHL right now, but what do you want him to do? Like, what do you want to see Kalen Addison do? Because there is no real good offensive uh, ice time out there for him. So if you think that Kalen Addison's your answer, if he's the piece on the back end that's going to make, that's going to solidify your back end for a Stanley Cup run, I don't know if I really do agree with you. I don't think Jordy Ben's that guy either, but once Brodeen becomes healthy again, I don't really see him seeing any ice time anyways, right? That third pair will probably go back to being Merrill and Kulikov, which is a ridiculously good uh, third pair. So I think at the end of the day, when they're at full health, neither one of them are in the lineup. So for me, go down to Iowa. Um, <clears throat> when injuries happen or if they need you up here, call them up. You know, that contract thing isn't, you don't have to, people need to stop saying that about Boldy and Addison. Those contracts, they're already, there's no sliding. <laughs> it's not a thing. So um, I want to see him in Iowa. I want to see him, um, you know, playing over 20 minutes a night, being the go-to guy on that back end. Continue um, to work, get a little stronger, continue defending. Um, and again, next year he comes in here and I think he's got that spot, right? Cause I don't, they're not going to bring, they're, they're bringing back Merrill. I think Kulikov probably priced himself out 
Um, and I don't see them bringing Jordy Ben back. So maybe next year you're at third pair. looks like Merrill and Addison. See what happens with Goligoski and all that. But, you know, again, for me, and to be honest, we'll see what happens with Dumba in the offseason because they're gonna, probably going to need more cap space still. But um, <clears throat> so that's how I would that's what I, that's that's how I would roll with Addison. Let him go down to Iowa. You know, if it, it's it's better than him coming up here and playing 13 minutes a night, getting like a shot on goal, maybe blocking a shot, um, you know, and having him out there for like 12 seconds of power play time again. He was good though, right? Like he was really good when they needed him. When they were down so many bodies, he was fantastic, <clears throat> and he's probably better than Jordy Ben. But Jordy Ben's played however many hundreds of games. Uh, he can play those hard minutes. Um, and you know, is he the best player in the world? No. But at the end of the day, if he's on your third pair until Brody's healthy, then whatever. So let Aston go to Iowa. Let him continue to do his thing down there. He's got room to grow still. He's not fully developed yet um and you know we'll see what happens as, as time goes on with him but for me i'd leave him in iowa that's fine it's not a big deal like you said if there's no you can't hurt a kid's development by having him play an extra year in the ahl you can absolutely kill a kid's development by rushing him same thing as marco rossi right so it's all good he's not going anywhere they're not trading him um and, but that's what i would do i think Iowa's probably the move uh lucas at lucas underscore wild fan do you think alexander hovanov plays again this season or is this normal to not hear anything about ahl or echl player status like i was just literally saying two seconds ago um so i already responded to you on twitter but i want to talk about it a little bit more and i will talk about this more in part two uh, so he did come back so for everyone who's wondering what the fuck's going on, he did come back. He's been getting scratched. I was wondering if it was a health thing. Um, but my guy, Ben Gislason, uh, voice for the Iowa Wild, he replied to someone and said, as far as I know, he's not injured. So he was being healthy, bo- health bombed, healthy scratched in Iowa since December 14th. Comes back on Saturday. <clears throat> and I thought he was fantastic. It was his first game since December 14th. I actually thought he was great. He was moving his feet. He was engaged. He was keeping up with the play. Um, you know, is the skating perfect? No. Is it good? Definitely not. But, uh, you know, it was good enough. And he played a good good amount of minutes. And he got his first uh, AHL assist. So congratulations to him. Um, and I'll tell you what, he wasn't pouting. It didn't look like a kid that felt sorry for himself. It didn't look like a kid who thought he should have been there the whole time. Uh, he was earning every minute he got. I thought he was excellent. They did lose. I think it was three to two. Um, but he gets his his first AHL assists, uh, you know, carried the puck into the zone. Really nice puck protection goes behind the net. It kind of comes off a stick for a second. He battles for it, wins it back, puts it out front, and they score. So good for him. Again, I thought he was really good. And now let's see if he can, number one, stay in the lineup. And number two, um, kind of keep up, right? Like when he's moving his feet and he can at least keep up with the play, he's a very good player. And when the puck's on his stick, he's a borderline elite offensive player. I've said this before, the playmaking, the shot, he's a dual threat. This kid is legit. If he could skate and if he was in shape, 
and he was able to stay in the lineup for more than 10 minutes, um, he would be a top, for me, probably a top seven prospect in this prospect pool. Like the kid is that good. Like the skill, the smarts, the ability is there. The potential's through the roof. This is a like legit blue chip prospect, but he just hasn't been able to stay in shape. He had some attitude issues a couple of years ago, got himself in the doghouse, stayed in the doghouse for like two years, goes to the KHL for seven games last year, sucks, goes to the VHL, which is Russia's AHL, and he was really good there. And it looked like he was going to come back, hit Iowa, and st- at like hit it, and hopefully just pick up where he left off. And visa issues, can't stay in shape, can't get into the lineup, goes to the ECHL, the skating gets worse, gets in somehow worse shape. He's taken like minor penalties for tripping. He took three in one game in Iowa, in the ECHL one game, like by the third period. Uh, and he's been back in the doghouse ever since. But um, but he, I'll tell you what, he was really good. I was very impressed. I rewatched the game today. Um, it just, he's a competitive kid and you can see it. It's just not there every night. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's not the right way of saying it. The competitiveness that's there. You can see it. The kid wants to play. He wants to win. Um, and he wants to show out everybody how good he is, which I love. It's just, you know, he does get in his own way sometimes. And he has been getting in his own way for like two years. So we'll see what happens moving forward. This will be a big week for him. Um, You know, there's spots there for him to take in Iowa in the AHL. And he's better. Like his offensive ability is is pretty close to being on par with Marco Rossi. It's just Marco Rossi is a three-zone, 200-foot complete hockey player. And Hovanov really is not that. Um, but you know what? If he can just keep up and, um, you know, he can showcase that elite offensive ability, then you, you live with that kind of somewhat defensive uh, carelessness because he doesn't really give a shit about the defensive zone sometimes. Sometimes he tries. And I thought he was trying. He was, again, he was keeping up. Um, he, he at least was trying. Uh, defensively, I actually thought he made a couple of good plays. Like I thought he was actually decent defensively the other night. So, um, but to answer the other part of this question, no, it's not normal for a kid of his caliber to just like disappear for a while. No one say anything about it. No one even really asked questions other than fans. Like the coaches didn't say shit about it. They didn't get asked about it. Uh, <laughs> like he kind of just like disappeared. And part of that was like the emergence of the Boldies, the Rossies, the Doers, the Addisons, the Beckmans, right? So that happens. Um, so that's not normal for a, a kid that good to just disappear and fall off the face of the earth. Um, so don't get used to that. But I'm hoping that he now takes this opportunity and stride. He can stick with it because I thought he was really good. And I thought you saw a lot of the things that makes that make him such a good hockey player uh, the other night. So fingers crossed. The kid's legit. He's got a shot here. Let's see if he can finally make it stick. Cause I mean, this has to be his, his last, his last chance. Um, otherwise who knows, maybe this is a kid that you get his value up and you know, maybe this is the kid that you part ways with when you look at the rest of the center depth they have. Um, real quick, let's pay the bills. Let's talk about DraftKings. And I'll be honest with you. I think this also already happened, but that's okay. Uh, We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with huge odds boosts for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Uh, everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Right now. Do it right now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN. For 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yes, I do have a gambling problem. That's okay. Um, let's go to the next question. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got here? Um, bender year at its bender week is it bender week or bender year dude what does the wilds goalie pipeline look like is wallstead the only nhl for sure goalie in our farm or are there other nhl caliber goalies in the system besides the hamburglar hamburglar's elite possibly the best goalie of all time um it's a tough question because it's it's interesting because i mean wallstead's legit i mean the kid is i mean i've said this a thousand times he's close to being nhl ready right now and he's what 19 18 years old i think he's 18 um you know he's playing against men in sweden he's top five goalie over there he's played against men for two years um and he's only getting better everyone got a taste at the world juniors where he had that 48 safe shutout against a really good slovakian team uh he's gotten better and better as the years gone on um you know the big debate between him and kosa was who's going to go first detroit took kosa first kosa's had an up and down year didn't get into a game with the world juniors um i mean they weren't playing very good teams so i'm sure they were just saving him um he's had an up and down year though in the whl which the oldest kid there's 20 years old on the other side of things, Jesper Wallstead's playing ex-NHL players, players that are good enough to play in the NHL. They just don't want to leave Sweden. Um, you know, he's facing the NHL caliber shots, and he's stopping them, um, and he's getting better and better. So, you know, you're looking at a kid. I've said this again before. His style is similar to Garask, where it doesn't look flashy. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy on the planet. Uh, he's not the biggest dude in the world, um, but he's going to get the job done nine times out of ten. Um, you know, positionally sound, super ridiculously high hockey IQ. He moves well enough for the crease. Um, usually doesn't get himself into too much trouble getting too deep. That's the one area that it, it I mean, it happens every once in a while, but the kid's young. He's, <laughs> he's an 18 year old. So, you know, plenty of time to figure that out. Um, but he's been consistently like borderline elite all year long. So, you know, you're looking at a kid that, has potential to be a top five goal in the league for years and years and years. Um, so, 
it's funny because you know people say do they only have Wallstead and I'm like well I think there's probably three other teams in the league that have a Wallstead caliber goalie in their system so automatically you're at the top right um you know his his ceiling for me it's right on par with a Boldy and a Rossi at their positions um you know and and it tends to be for for a lot of teams like you you can make a make a break a team with goalie so is he the only NHL for sure thing? Probably. You have to be careful because you never want to say that a goalie's NHL caliber or whatever. I mean, the kid is, but you never want to say that too early. Or not even caliber, sure thing, I guess. is that That's what I would – I should say that instead of what I was saying. Um, so technically, sure, but, you know, Hunter Jones, you have him there too. Um, I believe he was a second-round pick. Oh, God, I should double-check. I don't want to make that up. Um, but he's young. He's good. He's 21, 6'4, but yeah, he's second round pick in 2019. So, you know, the 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 ceiling for him there is to make it into the NHL. You know, he's bounced back and forth between the ECHL, the AHL this season. He's been okay. Uh, he's been better in the AHL, actually. Um, but again, part of that is Iowa's defense has been essentially decimated uh on a lot of nights. So um he he has potential to to make it in the NHL one day, but you know between him and then you have Wallstead, who's his ceiling is legit elite goaltender, starting goaltender for years to go in the national in the National Hockey League, and you've seen uh, Kakinen's really come on the scene here. So those are three pretty good guys to have that are all younger than what twenty five, right? How old is Kakinen? I should double check that too before I make more shit up. Let's see. 2014 draft. Yeah, he's 25 years old. So if you're looking at 25 and, and under, you have three goalies like Cockett Hunter Jones and Jesper Wallstedt. That's pretty damn good. Uh is doing it now. Wallstedt's damn close to being ready. Hunter Jones is a ways away. Um, you know, but even then, you're not really depending on him in the first place. So um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty fucking good spot to be in. Obviously, Philip Lindbergh like opting to go somewhere else i mean good for him it kind of made sense for him uh you know if you had those four in your system then you're really cooking right so i mean even if they didn't have cockadin or hunter jones or whatever if you have yes for wallstead you're in a better spot than 90 percent of the teams in the league especially ones that have been looking for goaltenders forever so i think you have cockadin who's been better than talbot this year probably uh, in less starts, of course, but you know, over the past however many games, like what, eleven games or twelve games, he's like nine two and one, like a two something goals against and a nine thirty. So like, you'll take that all day. What's he? What's he at this point? He's got fifteen games this year. Two five and a nine twenty. Yeah, that'll work. So um, now, if you're looking in a couple of years, you have Kakinen, who again he's doing it now. He's got forty four games under his belt at this point. Forty five, I guess, if you count tonight. Um, and you have a kid like Wallstead in two, three years, you're in a pretty damn good spot. Um, so if you want to say that, that having those two and Hunter Jones, if you want to say that that's, um, you know, a, a bear cupper, I don't know if I would necessarily agree. I mean, you also have Barabo who's 23 and he's been pretty good this year too. So um, he's actually been really good in Iowa on a lot of nights. So even then, there you go. Like you have some guys who the potential's there, right? So 
a lot of teams have like maybe one or two. Um, and you have possibly the best goalie prospects in the world. So, you know, all things being equal, um, you're in a very enviable position when it comes to goaltending. So, so that's, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that was, that's your question. All right, we'll go with that. We'll say that's what the answer is. Just write that down. Next question. Uh, Max McCormick at Max Torms one. Why does it seem like the wild aren't interested in developing Hunter Jones? Oh, there you go. Uh, he bounced all over from ECHL to Iowa to taxi squad. doesn't seem like getting him playing time is a priority. Yeah, there's Kakan and Wallstead soon, but why not develop him into a tradable asset? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's bounced back and forth, but he's also been injured um, on and off. This isn't – it's not like – it's it's totally normal for – young goalies to go play in the ECHL. Like a lot of really good goalies start out in the ECHL. Goaltending, it's a completely different career arc in terms of development. Um, you know, you look at goalies in the league now, you know, Braden Holpe started in the ECHL. A lot of guys did. Uh, in Boston, right here, Timmy Thomas, he was in fucking Europe for a while. He didn't even become an NHL regular until he was 31. So um, I don't think it's, anything to be concerned about and i don't think they're like just not giving a shit about him i mean they took him he, he only got drafted two years ago uh his second round pick so they obviously like the kid um you know if you want to let him go play in the echl i don't see a problem with that you know do you want him to get playing time yeah of course but it's not like they're just kind of throwing him around and they were kind of forced into the whole um you know put him on the taxi squad just because talbot's health kakinen Hamburglar got hurt. Um, so, you know, it, it was a little bit of stuff that's out of their control that, you know, they needed a goalie to be around in case shit hit the fan. Um, and he's been good for the most part. I mean, what's he played now? I think he's played like between the ECHL and the AHL. I think he's got like 17 games this year. So he's playing fine. So he's playing a good amount. Um, and again, he's been pretty good in the AHL uh on a squad that's kind of leaving about the drive pretty often so i don't know if i'd say that you know they're not making a priority um you know do does a guy like hunter jones kind of fall down that um you know that list of i guess yeah of course that just happens i mean there's only two spots on a team at one time and like you said you want him to go play so this year he has played 11 games in the echl so um, this isn't anything that's not normal. It's not like they don't give a shit about him. And also, I don't really know what a kid who was drafted two years ago, he's 21 years old, a goaltender who's years away from being NHL ready. Um, you know, if you, I don't know if you're making him a desirable asset for any team to acquire in a trade by the end of this year. Um, so, you know, yeah, let's you know, let's play him more, I guess. But if, if that's your goal, like he's got a couple of years of development before he's even close to being NHL ready. So, um, and I also, again, I don't know if you want to just get rid of him like that. You don't know what happens with Gabo Kakin and he's already went to arbitration once. You don't know you don't want to have to rush Wallstedt. Uh, Talbot's, how old? What is he, 35 now? 
so there's no reason to just get you don't like only need two goalies in your pool you need more than that um you know they have barabo as well and if they had Lindbergh, then they'd really be in a good spot um but again they were able to let Lindbergh walk because of that because of guys like wallstead and jones and barabo and cockenden so um Sure. If you uh, if you really want to make him a tradable asset, then uh, I don't think that's happening this year. I don't think you're getting shit for him right now, anyways. And then even if he was playing a lot, I don't think you'd be getting much. Um, so he's got to get better. But it's not like he's been bad, and it's not like they're intentionally screwing him over. Um, again, a lot of just been out of their control, out of his control. Um, and you know, it's a young kid. You got him under contract this year, next year. Um, you know, they obviously like him if they took him in the second round. So um, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, I think as time goes on, you know, he'll take that spot in Iowa. But again, uh, most guys do. A lot of guys play ECHL for a few years before they play in the NHL. So um, I wouldn't run him out of town just yet, though. You never know what happens. With, goalies are weird. Um, you know, someone could be seriously injured. Cockney could say, I want to go be a starter somewhere. And then you're really left with just like Talbot. And then whilst that that's risky. So I wouldn't make them, you know, I wouldn't just be like, we, we got to play them so we can trade them. So continue to develop them, figure out that's going to be better this year. The ECHL, the AHL. Um, he's been pretty good in the HL, like I said. So, um, and again, I don't know how much stock you want to put into the Iowa Heartlanders this year in his first year. And they're, it's, it's ECHL. It's absolute chaos every single night. So um, I wouldn't worry about Hunter Jones though. Let him, let him, continue just let him keep doing what he's doing he's looked good in a lot of nights when he's been in the ahl um and let's not run him out of town just yet there are plenty of other pieces you could include in the trade that i'm sure teams would be who they teams would find more desirable okay let's move on let's see what do we got Alex at Alex eight four oh god at Alex eight four three nine four five four six. I would like to ask a similar question regarding Keelan Anderson. I wish he'd play in the NHL. I'd be okay with playing in the AHL, but instead he bounces from the AHL to the NHL to the press box. Doesn't get any consistency at all. Thoughts? Sure, but again, I would like. I mean, actually, you kind of said it was a similar question, and similarly to Hunter Jones, a lot of that's been out of his and Minnesota's control. Um, you know, injuries happen every year, but I don't know if at, at any point you kind of could foresee Spurgeon going down the serious injury, Brody being, being out for a long time, <clears throat> um, Golgoski going out. Like, I don't know if you could have just seen any of that coming, um, to this degree. So, you know, on one hand, yeah, I would like him to, like I said, play in the AHL consistently, call him up if you really have to, but don't, there's no reason uh, to some of the press box that that can hurt a player, but um, a lot of that's just been out of their control. Um, and yes, like you said, you want to see him in the NHL. Sure. He's good enough to play there, but um, in terms of where's, you know, what is really going to make him a better player for me, it's going and playing over 20 minutes every single night in Iowa. Um, you know, I don't think they're enjoying well, obviously they just reassigned him, like I said, but um, you know they th- their plan isn't to sit him in the press box and just like, hey, how about you? Let's develop you by having you watch from the ninth floor. 
I don't think that's what they want to do. I think, again, it's just been between COVID injuries, you know, the taxi squad being a thing. Um, now that they're doing, they're not testing asymptomatic players, I think, you know, the COVID uh, issue and guys getting whatever false positives, false, whatever. I think that's going to resolve itself. So um, you're only really going to need to have to call them up here if there are injuries. And again, if everyone's mad about having Jordy Bennon, you know, once Brodeen's back, I just don't see him getting any time anyways, right? Then you have your Golagoski, Spurgeon, Domba, Brodeen, uh, Merrill Kulikov as your six, and Jordy Ben can watch from the press box. Um, so, yes, my thoughts, send him to Iowa. Let him play there. Let him be the man. Let him move the puck <laughs> to Rossi and Beckman and Chafee and Hovanov, hopefully, and uh, all those guys so they don't have to do it themselves. And I think that's the best thing for his development. But I agree with you. Sitting them isn't not – it's obviously not optimal. It's not helping them, but definitely a lot of that's been out of their control. So I hope that answers your question. Let's see. Um, we got one more. I still almost went an hour. That's fucking insane, dude. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Tyler at, you have to tell me how to say your name. Tyler, is it at striker Cyril or Kirill? Or is it, I don't know. Should I spell it? At striker C Y R L. Oh my God. I'm so dumb. At Stryker, C-Y-R-I-L-L. That was fucking embarrassing. Holy shit. Anyways, do any of our main left-handed defensemen prospects play the right side with regularity? Who would you say is most comfortable playing on their offhand? Yes. Uh, you know, I've said in the past when people have asked what, you know, if, is there a position in the prospect pool that's somewhat lacking and i would say a right shot d um you know you have kalen anderson kyle masters who's like my guy i love that kid um you know he's a long he's he's three four years away from nhl then you have guys the two johansons in europe and that's pretty much it in terms of like actual right hand right shot d um but ryan o'rourke primarily plays the right side for the Sioux. And like I've said, he's their closest to being ready uh, in terms of like those prospect kids that are maybe in juniors or if they're in Europe, he's the closest one to being, um, I think, well, I think he's ready to play pro hockey. Like he was really good in the AHL last year, uh, but he's very, he's more than capable of playing his offside. He plays his offside more often than he plays on the left uh, for the Sioux. Um, you know, the kid plays like a pro every night. He's not trying to do too much. Uh, he's comfortable taking passes on his backhand, putting on his forehand. If he has to keep it on his backhand to make a play to get it out of the zone, he's more than capable of doing that. He's a good passer. He can move the puck well enough. Um, he's just a really solid kid, a uh, really solid prospect. But he's easily uh, the one that you'd look at and say you're most comfortable with him playing on his offside uh, because he just does with regularity. After that, Damon Hunt is capable um he's more than he, he's told you don't really worry about putting him on his right um you know right now i for my money the best defensive 
pair in the WHL and probably the CHL is Damon Hunt and Dent Matechuk. Dent Matechuk's left shot D for Moose Jaw. Uh, he's a first round pick, no questions asked. Uh, the kid's legit and they eat other teams alive. They don't really have to spend a ton of time defending because they have the puck on their stick the entire time they're on the ice. Uh, they both play super hard, physical. They're not the biggest dudes in the world, but they they crush guys. Super physical, good defensively, very good moving the puck. Uh, tons of offensive upside. I think Matejchuk probably has more offensive upside than uh, Damon Hunt. Damon Hunt's kind of like pure chaos. Uh, Denton Matejchuk is like high level playmaking from that back end. They're both super mobile, but Matejchuk was out for a little bit. He missed a couple games, and they had Damon Hunt playing on that right side. Um, like I said, they're both left shots. Usually Damon Hunt's on the left, Dent Matejchuk on the right. Um, but again, I've said this before, I want Damon Hunt out of the CHL. I want him in the AHL. I want him playing against pros because he's too good. He really, he just is. He's just better than everybody, and he can pretty much do whatever he wants on the ice. And I just don't know how good, um, I mean, th- not that they had a choice this year. But, you know, last year he played, I think, seven games, and he was excellent in the AHL, and he's more than ready. Um, the skating's really good. The offensive IQ is really good. Like I said, he plays like a rover, which he's not going to be able to do when he's playing pro hockey. So that's why I want him to come up and play against better competition every night because there's just a lot of nights where he's eating people alive. Um, and he's just way too good. He's like a man amongst boys out there, and he's tough as shit. So, like, he literally can do whatever he wants in the ice, and I want to see him uh, play pro hockey when he can't or when he has to make the right play every time, and he can't go riverboat gambling every shift and then blow somebody up. Uh, it's very entertaining, and I love it. But um, I just don't know how much more development there is f- to be had for him um, playing in the WHL. But that's getting away from your question. Um, but anyways, he 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 is more than capable of playing on that that offside as well. Super, he's a smart player. Um, even though he does whatever he wants and like doesn't have to really worry about making mistakes because he's just better than everyone, like I said. But he is a really smart player. He defends well enough. Uh, I think he needs to get better defensively but again like right now it's not really a <laughs> it's not really a problem for him half the time he's not even on the ice defending so um but he's he's very good at playing his hand he's got really good hands same thing as o'rourke uh you know he's comfortable taking that pass in his backhand under pressure no problem so um you know he, he's a really good he's mobile so He's very comfortable playing on his offhand. Uh, Marshall Warren, same thing. He's probably in that third slot in terms of someone that can plan uh, their off, offside. Uh, he's been the man for BC lately, especially with all their injuries. Um, you know, if you're going to find one kid on that roster that's performed, uh, BC's down bad. They're getting their dicks kicked in every night. They gave up 28 goals in five games. Uh, none of that was his fault. Um, he's minute munching for them. He's playing the left side. He's playing the right shot, uh, the right side. Um, so he's good. Um, not ready for pro hockey yet. He's got, you know, another year of eligibility. No reason to sign him early. Like, I don't know why anyone would want to do that. So give him another year in college and then see what happens in Iowa the year after that. Uh, but he he's capable of playing on that right side too. A lot of that. A lot of guys that are able to do that, I've found, especially now, and I think it's changed over the last couple of years. I think the skating really helps. Like if you can if you can skate um you know and you can go start stop 
you know, you're good on your edges. You can mitigate a lot of risk, right? So, you know, a lot of times guys that are playing on their offside, you know, a pass comes, let's say it's east-west pass. You know, their their D partner's throwing it over to them. You're taking that on your backhand and you might have someone in your face. But if you can kind of maneuver around it or you can kind of take it in stride and create some separation that way, I found that a lot of guys that are super mobile are more than capable of playing on the offside. Um, so those three players, I'd say, fit that category. So you're looking at O'Rourke, Hunt, and Marshall Warren as three guys who you feel comfortable if they're on the right side um, and they're going to perform. Um, let's see. Anyone else? I think Lambos can, but um, I haven't really seen them have to do it enough to to make give you a definitive yes or no. Um, again, he's a elite level skater in terms of lateral movement and everything like that. So, you know, he probably could, but I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it enough to say for sure, but the three guys that I have seen do it for sure would be Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt, who should be in the AHL very soon. Um, you know, and then Marshall Warren, Marshall Warren's really good. So that's going to do it for the mailbag folks. Um, I still almost went an hour. That's fucked. Um, I'm either going to record part two, which usually would be part one technically, because I usually end with questions. Um, but I'll either be doing that tomorrow or um, Wednesday, because I think the second part of this will drop on Thursday. And that one, I'll talk more about Minnesota's week. Obviously, tonight was a big night. We'll talk about the Dewey, the Dewey double. They both dropped the gloves the other night. That was fucking hilarious. Um, Addison had another big night. So we'll talk about that. We'll do the roundup in full. A lot of guys didn't play. There wasn't a ton of um, guys to talk about in terms of like a prospect roundup just because I think only three of the European kids actually played. A um, couple of WHL guys didn't play between injuries. McBain obviously hasn't played. McBain got, we'll talk about McBain getting t- named to Team Canada. Congratulations to him. That's fantastic. That also means his injury probably isn't as bad as I thought it might be. I thought it might keep him out just because, you know, York, Jerry York didn't sound very uh, positive when he was talking about it the first time. Um, but congratulations to him. He'll be going to Team Canada. But we'll talk about that more in part two. So thank you for tuning into the mailbag. Um, this might be the way to go, dude. Two a week. Only one, I'll do the questions, and then the other one I'll do. Uh, ah, who the fuck knows, dude? I I can't commit to shit. Uh, let's let's be honest. I I can't plan. So maybe this will be the move going forward. Maybe it fucking won't. Um, but either way, thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry you're gonna have to deal with uh, my shitty ass voice twice. I don't know if you can hear me uh, in terms of like the uh, the bad, like I, like I'm losing my voice literally. So it's probably good. I only did part one i don't know if you can hear that so i'm sorry i have to deal with this twice uh thank you for tuning in i'll see you in a couple days i guess see you later